In the first chapter of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul writes of a God who in Jesus Christ redeems everything that is lost, forgives all our failures. The word is trespasses. All of those places where we have trampled clear boundaries and have stepped into trouble. God does this, according to Paul, because God is full of grace, full of unexpected mercy and love out of nowhere. And this is part of a plan. Life, in other words, is not just a random crapshoot where stuff happens and we eventually suffer and die with no hope that anything will ever change or that anything we do in this life will ever make any difference. Instead of meaninglessness, there is a purpose, a radical hope for what Paul calls the fullness of time, when God will gather up all things, pull back together all things that have been blown apart, heal what has been broken, lost and forgotten. No more loose ends. No more ragged edges. No more unfulfilled hopes. No more gnawing existential emptiness. No more fear. No more estrangement. Everything will come together. Not collapse into a black hole and disappear. It will finally and fully appear for the first time as it was meant to be. We all long for a life that holds together. Maybe this is because so much of the time, life is coming apart around us and within us. We look for order in the midst of chaos. We cling to hope against the odds, against all common sense. And so God's people in Babylon longed for their chaos of exile to end, they longed to go back home. Even though the home they remembered no longer existed as they remembered it. And when King Cyrus of Persia defeated their enemies, he let them go back home. They came back to Jerusalem and they started over. They laid the foundations for a new temple and midst the rubble sang songs of joy to God against the odds. In Ezra 3.12, we read that those who remembered the old temple began to weep. They wept with a loud voice, though many shouted aloud for joy, so that people could not distinguish the sound of joyful shouts from the sound of weeping. Joy and tears mingled together. Grief and hope at the same time. That's the way life often comes to us. Gladness wrapped around sorrow, sorrow wrapped around gladness. Gratitude emerges from loss. Hope lights the way through the night 
and it shines brightest when the night is darkest. And so in our Gospel from Luke, Mary breaks into song. She praises God, and she sings a Christmas carol. My soul magnifies the name of the Lord. My spirit rejoices. Everyone, she sings, will call me blessed, favored, because the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. We call Mary's song the Magnificat because it is a song that exalts, that lifts up the name of the Lord. She is singing against the odds. And her song is all the more remarkable because of the circumstances around her song. She is a poor young woman, a girl really, who has discovered that she is carrying a child with no hitherto plausible explanation. She is terrified at first, bewildered. Her life has turned upside down. She asks, how can this be? She is told that she has been chosen without ever having signed up to carry a child who will be called the Son of the Most High, a warrior king who will restore all that her people have lost, restore the kingdom of David and set things right once and for all. How can this be? First, she recoils in fear, pulls back, horrified. And then a deep calm comes over her, and she accepts this mystery, this gift, this troubling mercy against all good sense. And in her freedom, with an open heart, she says, May it be to me as you have said. Here I am, your servant. Fear and joy mingled. God's grace and the faith to receive it does not come to anyone without bewilderment, even some terror. More often than not, it comes with a shake of the head and a question, how can this be? And in between, how can this be, and may it be to me, just as you have said, is where most of us live our lives. And in that place in between, most of the time, we don't feel like singing. With white knuckles, we hang on for dear life, stumbling along, trying to make sense out of things, trying to find hope when it's all we can do just to draw breath let alone sing against the odds. But Mary sings, and she sings not just for herself, but for all those who are oppressed, all those who are forgotten, all those who are abandoned, all those who are lost, all those who are in exile, all those who find themselves in a place they never expected to be or wanted to be, 
all those who have long lost hope or whose faith hangs by a thread. The mercy of God, she goes on to sing, is for those who can't wrap their heads around it. It's for those in days past and days still to come. God's mercy, as Mary sings about it, is indiscriminate. It's for everyone, especially the undeserving. God's mercy, Mary sings, blindsides us. God lifts up the lowly and brings down the powerful. God scatters the proud in the thoughts of their hearts, dumbfounds them, shakes them to their arrogant and self-absorbed core, opens the ground under their feet, swallows up their thrones, exposes their lies, takes them down while lifting up those they have put down. This is radical stuff, this song of Mary, this song against the odds. God fills the hungry with good things while the rich lose everything. They go away empty. They are left with nothing. God never forgets his promises, she sings, remembers his mercy, his unfailing, steadfast love. There is a reckless audacity in Mary's song. Accepting what is, and is she never thought would be, she imagines what can be, what will be, through the mercy of God against the odds. Look around you. Mary's audacity, Mary's reckless trust in the healing mercy of God, in the deliverance of God, in the justice of God against the odds is a song for all of us to sing. Carlton and Bev Peterson were two very good friends of mine. Some of you may have known them. Carlton was pastor of the Bellingham Covenant Church for many years. He and Bev were, for me, real, earthy Christians. Real, earthy Christians in whom and through whom Christ was revealed in flesh and bones and tears and laughter and love and mercy and truth spoken in love. They had one small child, Heather. When Bev was in her early 30s, uh, she learned out of nowhere that she had cancer. And when she and Carl got the news, they asked, how can this be? How can this be? Then they accepted the reality of the disease, resolving to fight it with treatment, the ravages of chemotherapy and radiation. And in accepting that, with Mary said, may it be as you have said. Bev lost all her hair 
She underwent the exhausting treatment and the cancer retreated, gone. But then they were told by the doctors that a side effect of the chemotherapy was that she would never be able to have another child of her own. How can this be, they asked. How can this be? They grieved deeply and then finally accepted it. May it be as you have said. They adopted a beautiful little girl, Anne. And sometime after the adoption, Carl and Bev learned that, in fact, she was pregnant, that the baby was healthy. How can this be, they asked, laughing and crying. May it be as you have said. And they awaited eagerly the birth of their son, Matthew, whose name, Carlton and Bev reminded me, means God's gift. And then sometime after Matthew was born, Bev's cancer came back with a vengeance. How can this be? They asked once again. Again, she underwent treatment, this time with the odds against her, and this time the cancer prevailed, the treatment failed, and the inevitability of her death was clear. Carlton and Bev grieved deeply and then accepted this severe truth prayerfully, trusting the mercy of God to the end. May it be as you have said. Without bitterness, Bev let go, and trusting her life and her death and her family to God. Mary's prayer was Bev's prayer. It was Carlton's prayer. Mary's song was Carlton and Bev's song. The God of mercy will never leave us will never abandon us in life or in death. Weeping and laughter mingle, and we keep singing against the odds. Whatever your life, whatever your longing, whatever the in-between place you find yourself in, God has given you a song. Mary sang, my soul now magnifies the Lord. And she sang it against the odds. There's a wonderful hymn, number 469, in our blue hymnal. It could be the rest of Mary's song. Turn to it. My life flows on in endless song, above earth's lamentation. I hear the real, though far off hymn that hails a new creation. And then these words, listen to these words. No storm can shake my inmost calm while to that rock I'm clinging. Since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing?
Let's sing it together.